Jersey does welcome back to or welcome to and back for those listening to a special edition of Commando Lander. This is our Halloween Eastern time for oh, so literally on Halloween. No, I will not be awake. It's scheduled for those who don't know how oh. podcast works. Brady, <laughs> aka me. Yeah. So uh, there's no updates. There's nothing like that. So we have special Halloween up, uh, music for our segments. We do not have card game, but there will be background music. Good. There will be things like that. There will be art that AI generated based off of the descriptions because neither of us can draw. If we could, we would love to do that, but this is one. I wouldn't. AI helps. I Well, I would. Yeah, you would. Um, And then our segment musics, our intro and outro is the same exact thing. It's just reversed. So that's interesting. If you guys wanted to know that, it sounds way <laughs> if different. If you didn't, now you do. Yeah, so you'll, yeah. And then the other thing, too, is there will be music, and Brady did read a story, but Brady is not that great of a story reader. Oh, no, I suck. So I'm actually going to read both. What we're going to do is just read it, and it'll be a good time. But Brady did read write it, so that's always good. Yep. And then five we'll try... pages of glorious information that I've thought about in my own head. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is we are going to try and, uh, as I said, have the art so that way – I, no one wants to see me read because I can't look at the camera. Like, I, it looks better if I look at the camera, but if I'm like reading, it's not fun to look at somebody <laughs> just reading stuff. So that's why, as I said, as much editing as I can get time to do uh, by Halloween, I will try to fill up as much time with images and things that help. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to read both before I'm going to explain what the uh, creature we had to base it off of, and then we're going to read it, and then we're going to discuss a little bit just our thoughts and ideas. So for those who do want to email us, or um, which is everybody, you should want to email us, <laughs> email us stories or email us ideas of things. So for Christmas, we will have a Christmas segment. So I will probably do something with like Krampus or I don't know, in a magic world, but with like ideas. So some magic creature that I can turn into, I don't know, something. Santa Claus. <laughs> turn into Krampus. It, 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 it won't be creepy, obviously, but something of the lines of that. So for the next two weeks or three weeks, but preferably in the next two weeks, send us creature types that we can include. So they don't have yeah. to particularly be... <clears throat> christmas creatures i mean if they are that's better uh but include creatures that you guys want so we can develop a list we'll choose obviously one to tell our story off of but give us a list so that way we can know what you guys want the other thing too is you can also go down below of if you're listening on spotify uh and type in uh how did you like this episode you can also respond there with one, how did you like it? But two, you can also respond with a list or creature ideas. I will read that. So either email us, it's in the show notes, or respond there for those who are on Spotify. The other thing too is always suggest ideas of things you get, topics and things like that. We want things like that. Also, you can suggest cards. So then games. we get to talk about them. Yeah, suggest anything. We literally <clears throat> are here to listen to you guys. 
we're, we're here sense. to listen to what you guys are reading. One, to yes, do them so you could listen to what we read about you. Yes. I think. Yeah, something like that. So Close enough. Yeah, close enough. So the main thing <laughs> is that we want to give content that you guys like because that's what podcasting is. It's not about us or it shouldn't be. We just are the ones telling you guys what you guys want to hear in a with our opinions mixed in, obviously and things like that. The other cool thing is yep. we got we have shirts that say command. Yeah, all mine's purple. Mine's white. Going. Yeah, you're white. So I like purple better because it's the command Don't colors. be racist. I'm not at all. You said but, I'm white. Well, I am white, that's a fact. But I have Commando Lander <laughs> purple. Brady has technically Commando Lander white because it's just white. But the rocket ship's white, so it's the same exact white that's on the rocket ship, which if you actually look, it's not a pure white. It's a darkened, hazy white, which is what the words are. And then I am Commando Lander purple because I like the Commando Lander purple. It's this nice type of purple that I'm, for those it watching. Is, it is nice. You can see it. Yeah. And then we also have Commando Lander green, but that just looks like moss, so... There's no reason to make that. So if you ever see yeah. us out in public, you'll see us with these shirts. Only if it's a magic event, though, because we don't want to overwear them. All right, so now we're going to get in the story because... Finally. Yeah, we have to at some point. So I'm going to read them. I'm going to do my best to read in my... I have a fun nice... time with my names that I made up. I can read it. Stupid names. Yeah. I All can't. Right, so... Yep, so I'm going to read it like I'm reading a book to a bunch of toddlers. You guys are not toddlers. <laughs> I'm not calling you that. Don't get that wrong. I'm just saying that's how I'm going to read it. So I'm going to try to read in my storytelling voice. If I mess up, because I will need to drink water, because when I try and read in a uh, climatic way or something that's different than my normal voice, I drink a lot of water. So I will edit that out. And I mean, like that makes that. perfect sense. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to get into Brady's. Brady's labeled his Whispers of the Dreadworms. The story begins on a distant, barren planet covered in jungles. The name that the natives gave for the planet is Vermaxia. After long centuries of protecting this planet, some worms have gone rogue and don't find it worthwhile to protect the young ones. Along with the worms, there are the wise behemoths who live high in the peaks of the world, and the lowly wood elves who live in the depths of the planet to hide away from the rogue worms. In the beginning, there were six worms who protected this world and allowed it to flourish. There were Zephyrax, the sky soar. Zephyrax came to this world from a distant island that had existed in space. The few worms that existed on this island were in the ability to fly. Now that he is the only one left of his kind, he is the sole protector of the sky. Exaldra, the sea bottom one. Exaldra existed on this world f far before the other five worms came to the planet. Before Vermaxia was a deep jungle, it was a plain ocean. This is where Exalder resided for thousands of years, sleeping until he awoke by the other worms. Duskfang, the Twilight Guardian. Duskfang is a tunneling worm unlike his name may perceive it. He is the one who allowed water to flow through the jungles. Eremarok, the Wise Guardian. 
Aramarak was gifted with great understanding, sent by his king from another world to populate this one. He is the main director over what needs to happen, although all the other six worm gods have equal power to each other. Gothrak, the Abyssal Devourer. Gothrak is not good nor bad. He doesn't judge life as a privilege, but as a system. He understands that all things fit together because certain factors make them so. This is how he judges the world and what he does. He is often seen as evil because his convictions are unstable. Molten Rock, the Magma Guardian. Molten Rock used his ability to make lava flow out of the ground with the help of Dust Fang. He used the magma to create the first soil of the ground. These were the six gods given to govern this world. It was a peaceful world until it wasn't. In the earlier year of 8,120, an evil brewed in a dark place. This evil was unknown and unseen by the gods. The elves thought to be useless, wanted to show their power. They tried overthrowing the behemoths, but the behemoths were of old ways and possessed wise encrypted knowledge. This allowed them to persuade the natives to leave. The elves gave up their plot to take over when several attacks were made on their villages. Now, most of them referred in a crater that was made by one of the worm nests of old. After thousands of years, the natives adopted the worms as their deities. Different groups worshipped different ones, but all knew that they were equal in the sight of them. The place changes to an unfathomable view. A tough wood elf that went by the name of Netherak, the Worm Render. This elf, abandoned by his people because of his unnatural abilities, sought to bring an end to the worms and behemoths, so they could thrive and live peacefully as he would be their king. We can see this young, ambitious elf communicating to one of the worms. Originally, in the beginning, there were seven gods. But Blazethorn, the Inferno Worm, was kicked out because of his jealousy of his older brother, Dustfang, the Twilight Guardian. He was a young and smaller worm and wasn't yet entrusted with the power to form life from what is given. This jealousy was turned into hatred. As the hatred was starting to simmer, the young elf lit the blaze and started to make the worm boil. He was in such a distaste for his brother that he started taking his anger out on the native villages. One of the villages that he massacred was Nathrax. Nathrax, the worm renderer, was not known to his worm, for he had been about doing foolish things since he was fired. Blazehorn, the infernal worm, had the ability to move lava and magma like his older brother. The anger that turned to hatred was festering, and Blazehorn had enough. Under the influence of a dark elixir, he convinced his brother to join him in the destruction of the other worm's gods. He told him, they will not need you soon. This world is complete and doesn't need worms like me and you who can use lava and molten magma. After drinking from the pool of the same elixir, he was caught under the elf's spell. Many elves are able to connect to the forest, but there have been a couple of times in history that elves have been bored with not natural, unforgiven powers. One of these elves being Netherak. Netherak is able to use anti-life manipulation. This means that Natharak is able to enforce anti-life matter into some of the worms through an elixir. He was able to do this on some elves too, but they died because of the intensity of the process. 
This makes the worms feel weaker in their state of mind and have trouble connecting to their innate abilities. It will define distortion. This ability he can activate to create a haze, almost a wisp of ghost-like substances that obscure the worm's senses, making it hard to perceive threats and defend themselves. This spell is very powerful and takes a lot of mana out of Netherrak, but he is able to cast it like it was a veil over a table. This spell is able to cover a large distance. Other powers were unknown to this young Netherrak, though he was able to understand that he could use more powerful spells, like those of an altered version of the Worm Gods. Much time had passed, and Gultharak, the Abyssal Devourer, also joined the Dark Wood Elf in his journey to set things right. Like he was, he remained neutral, but now poisoned by the drink, he was starting to change sides. As the age grew on, slowly, the Worm's Gods started dying out as more and more of them were becoming sickly. As they died out, so did much of this forest, the earth, and the ocean. Much of the ocean jungle had shrunken now to only a tenth of the entire planet. The behemoths, wise and ever more aging, remained alive, for they did not have to depend on the worms to keep them sufficient alive. They planned for there to be death and were ready for it. As a last-ditch effort, the rest of the worms resided in a small worm nest, caring for their young, hoping that one day one of them could take down Nithrak. Soon, the worms vanished completely, and all hell broke loose. The wood elves became the new dominant species. They cared for the forest and the creatures inside of it. As they grew in power and number, they soon had homes all over the world. Farms sprouted up to help with the constant decrease of the jungle. Some elves still worshipped the gods of old, but most abandoned them when they were the ones who brought destruction upon the world. As their civilization increased, so did their need for food. Although most of the land was already taken up, some wood elves ventured far away and learned the ability to fish. Soon, the birds of this paradise started eating at the crops of the farmers. As a result of this, they made scarecrows to prop up all over the farms to make sure the birds stayed away. On one day in particular, the elves woke up to a dark sky, a withered ground, and ultimately Armageddon. Now fishing was the only food source they were able to harvest, as the ground had shriveled up. Many children were scared out of their lives, because they had nightmares of things climbing out of the ground, much death, and other unspoken things. After this, all of the rest of the shamans go together to chant one last time to bring the worms back, but their effort was nonetheless useless. As the world seemed to get worse and worse, Netherak realized that he messed up. In his last-ditch effort, he sought the one whose name is not said. For reference, the one whose name is not said was a fallen brother of the once-sixth worm gods. This brother, you could say, he didn't like how the other worm gods were ruling the world. He felt that they had to enforce their power, that instead of watching by the sidelines, that they had to be worshipped out of fear and not loyalty. He was banished to a crimson world a broken world that was falling apart. But as the worm gods were fallen, he grew stronger with their weakness. You see, when he was still ruling, he had probably made himself the head or leader of the gods. And in all of the ruin that was now in this world, chaos started to happen. Dead rose from the ground, vampiric souls laid waste to the living, and demons possessed what they could no longer regain their former emperor's glory. The one whose name is not said, he ruled this ruled world before the other worms' gods purified it. 
In all this chaos, the final good worm gods died, and this planet returned to dust that it came from, all because of the greed for power. It wasn't too bad. No, not at all. It was peacefully though, and I'm glad of it. Yeah. I mean, hopefully my storytelling was pretty good. It was. It was much better than mine. My you just have to you just have to uh, read before like look ahead so that way you know the tone to read at. That's the biggest thing. And yeah. that's a tip for you listeners too. If you ever need to read a story, look ahead. If you can't, if you can't, then I don't know what to say. But if you get can, some glasses, then look ahead. Yeah, if you can look ahead because it helps with the tone and the perspective of you need to do it. But yeah, that was Brady's. So obviously grammar wasn't the best. I there's a few parts that didn't really make too much sense when it came to uh, well the word usage. But overall, I'd rate it yeah. a seven out of ten. Good. I got passing grade. Yeah, 70%. Let's see. Yep. So, that was Brady's. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You guys can also finish the story because... Yeah, we, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, so send us a finished story if you want to. You don't have to, but if you guys do, we will read it. We'll make a whole entire episode, whether it's 20 minutes, <laughs> 5 minutes, 10 minutes. We will read it in a dedicated episode. So, if you guys want to finish it, go ahead and finish it. So, now for mine, and mine is very different for one reason, and you guys will find out based off of the major plot twist at the end. So, below in the notes, rate Brady's story from a scale of 1 to 10, and then rate a pro of it and a con. So, just something that's to help us, because uh, we did run out of time. It took us about two weeks to get this done. We advertised it longer, but in reality, we only had about actually a week of write-in time because of other issues that arose and things like that so as i said these stories aren't going to be the absolute best but hopefully they are something worse i mean they are written by two teenagers and there's that (laughs) barely teenagers but technically teenagers nonetheless all right my writing is all right, better. So mine is going to be in a very different manner. So I believe it. Here's mine. So mine is going to read all of the characters and their abilities first. So the way this is going to work is you guys will have some control over the plot. So I will explain it when I get to it. <laughs> so starting my story. <clears throat> I had Eldrazi. So... My Eldrazi aren't going to be, they're the main focus when it comes to villains. My hero is not an Eldrazi, but that also makes sense. As in Brady's was the opposite, which is actually quite cool. So you guys get to see two different types. My Eldrazi are the villains. Uh, Brady's worms were kind of the heroes in a sense. They were the protagonists. Yeah. Alrighty. So getting into it. Character number one, Emrakul, the Time Weaver. In the vast expanse of the multiverse, Emrakul, the Time Weaver, stands as a manifestation of a temporal chaos and cosmic order in a constant paradoxical dance. This version of Emrakul holds dominion over the very flow of time itself. Appearance Emrakul, the Time Weaver, is a colossal clockwork monstrosity that appears as if it were stitched together from the fabric of time. 
Its body is composed of interlocking gears, flowed in hourglasses and ever-ticking pendulums. Its central eye is an intricately designed timepiece that beats with the rhythm of the multiverse. Abilities Chronal Distortion Emrakul can manipulate the flow of time, causing moments to stretch into eternity or pass in the blink of an eye. It can create temporal anomalies that alters the past, present, and future, creating a chaotic battlefield where cause and effect are in constant flux. Temporal Insarment Emrakul's tendrils are threads of fate themselves, capable of ensnaring its foes in temporal snares. Those touched by these tendrils experience time in disjointed, fragmented sequences, leaving them disoriented and vulnerable. Paradoxical Mastery Emrakul wields the power to summon echoes of its past and future selves, creating copies that exist simultaneously. These echoes can manifest across the battlefield, attacking from multiple angles and times. Cosmic Balance Emrakul has a unique ability to restore or disrupt the cosmic balance of the multiverse. It can rewind time to undo catastrophic events or accelerate entropy to bring about apocalyptic disasters. And the last is Eternal Hourglass. Emrakul's heart is a massive ethereal hourglass that controls the ebb and flow of temporal energies. When shattered, it can unleash a cataclysmic temporal wave, erasing entire timelines or restoring forgotten ones. Legend. Emrakul the Time Weaver is a cryptic and enigmatic force that exists outside the linear constraints of time. It is said to be the custodian of the multiverse's temporal tapestry, weaving and unraveling the threads of existence at its wittance. Its motives and intentions remain an enigma, and those who dare confront it find themselves confronting the very nature of time itself. Second Altrazi, Kurazul, the Void Weaver. Kurazul, the Void Weaver, is a nightmarish embodiment of cosmic manipulation and interdimensional weaving. Unlike other Eldrazi Titans, Kurazul powers lie in the ability to manipulate the fabric of the multiverse, creating intricate patterns of reality and unreality. Appearance. Kurzul's form is an ever-shifting tapestry of swirling colors and patterns that defy mortal comprehension. Contrary to other Eldrazi, Kurzul is the only Eldrazi with color. Its body appears as if it's woven from the threads of darkness and light, with constellations and galaxies coursing through its being. Its multiple arms reach out in all directions, each ending in a luminous pulsating orb. Abilities, Reality Loom. Kurzul can manipulate the very threads of existence, weaving in new realities and unraveling existing ones. It can create pocket dimensions, alternate timelines, and multidimensional traps to confound its adversaries. Cosmic Threads. Kurzul tendrils are not mere physical appendages, but are extensions of cosmic tapestry. They can ensnare and bind foes, trapping them intricate knots of space-time or dragging them across dimensions. Dimen dimensional Maelstrom Kurzul can summon torrents of interdimensional energy, creating swirling vortexes of reality and false reality. These maelstroms can tear through the battlefield, distorting space and time, and rending matter asunder. 
these dimensional mushrooms almost look like giant balls of orbs and they swirl and are hard to look at as one could say starlight incursion Kurzel can call upon the power of distant stars and celestial phenomena to rain devastation upon its foes it can hurl cosmic projectiles and create radiant explosions that mimic the birth and death of stars so very hot eternal enigma Kurzel's true nature is an enigma and its form is ever-changing. It can assume different aspects and powers depending on the cosmic threads it weaves, making it a shape-shifting, unpredictable force. Not only is it shape-shifting, everybody views it from a different angle, which means for everybody looking at it, it is a different being. Legend Kurzel, the Void Weaver, is a cosmic enigma, a being that exists beyond the comprehension of mortals. It is said to be the guardian of the multiverse's tapestry, maintaining the delicate balance between order and chaos. However, when provoked, it can unleash the full scope of its cosmic power, weaving a web of reality-bending terror. Now for the plane. Plane name is Obscuria, the Chromatic Abyss. Description. Obscuria is a nightmarish plain steeped in darkness and a perpetual twilight. Its landscape is an unsettling blend of shattered, fractured reflections and a grotesque pulsating organic matter. The sky is a turning miasma of dishonored colors, casting eerie, shifting hues upon the land. Whispers and unsettling laughter echo through the perpetual twilight. Key Features Cacophonic spectrum. The varied colors of Obscura are sources of malevolence. Each color represented a different aspect of horror and creatures and elements tied to the manifest nightmarish abilities. Aberrant reflections. The landscapes of Obscura are twisted reflections of reality, where warped geometries and distorted shadows create a maze-like hallucinatory nightmare. Eldritch Terrors. Obscura is home to a pantheon of Eldritch deities, each embodying a specific facet of fear. They demand worship and sacrifice from the plains inhabitants, and their presence warps reality further. Speaking of creatures and inhabitants, let's get into them. Chromivores. These monstrous, color-obsessed creatures hunt and feed on the hues and shades of Obscura. Each color they consume grants them a corresponding ability, making them formidable predators. Nightmare Weavers. Twisted sorcerers who harness the power of Obscura's colors to craft cursed spells and illusions that prey upon the minds of intruders. They often serve as eldritch D&Ds. Shadowborn Horrors. Being formed from the very shadows and reflections of Obscuria, they are both predatory and elusive, working in the dissonant landscapes, waiting to ambush the unwavering. Crimson Cultists. Fanatical worshippers of the Eldritch deities adorned in blood-soaked robes. They seek to appease their malevolent gods through their dark rituals and sacrifices of one another, often abducting outsiders for their sinister purposes as well. Eternal Desolation, a nightmarish entity that represents the despair and hopelessness of Obscura. It roams the plain, leaving desolation in its way, corrupting both the land and those touches it. Here's the story. We're going to get into it for a little bit. Planeswalkers who stumble upon Obscuria find themselves trapped in an unending nightmare. In their quest to escape, they discover a portal to another realm, but it is guarded by the Eldritch deity known as the Spectral Herald of Insanity. To unlock the portal's secrets, they must decipher a cryptic riddle hidden within the plane's fractured reflections. 
As they dive deeper into Obscura's horror, they encounter the crypts and cultists who seek to capture them for a terrifying ritual. The chromivores hunt the plane walkers relentlessly, each one gaining more gruesome abilities with every color they consume. To survive, the planeswalkers must confront their deepest fears and navigate the shifting maze of the plane's landscapes. As they inch closer to solving the riddle, they draw the attention of the Shadowbone Horrors and the Spectral Guardian, who lurk in the darkest corners of Scyria. Their only hope lies in mastering the Chromatic Abyss's terrifying magic, deciphering the riddle, and facing the elder deities themselves. But even then, the line between reality and nightmare borders, as the true horror of Obscuria is re revealed all right so that was a little story and now into another character who is the hero or you could say the threat against the Eldrazi Quixus the paradoxical mimic Quixus is a paradox given form a creature that defies the law of reality itself it appears as a constantly shifting semi-translucent entity resembling a bizarre fusion of various creatures and objects from different planes it has the head of an owl, the body of a coiled serpent, the wings of a bat, and the legs of a kangaroo. Its skin is a prismatic kaleidoscope with ever-changing colors and patterns. To note, though, that is its true form, and it can change, as noted above. Abilities Camelon Paradox. Quixus has the ability to mimic the abilities and characteristics of any creature it encounters, making it incredibly adaptable. If it faces an Eldrazi, it can absorb and mimic some of the Eldrazi's power temporarily. Dimensional Flux. Quixus can manipulate its own size and shape, allowing it to phase in and out of existence. This makes it difficult to target with spells or attacks, and it can slip through the cracks of reality to escape danger. Temporal Disruption. Quixus can create a localized temporal disturbance, causing time to behave erratically within its vicinity. This can disorient foes and disrupt the Eldrazi's influence over time and space. Echo of the Multiverse. When Quixus encounters a new plane or creature, it gains a fraction of that plane's essence, granting it access to unique abilities specific to that plane. This makes it a formidable opponent against the alien Eldrazi. Background. Quixus is an enigma even to the most knowledgeable planeswalkers. It is believed to be a living paradox born from the collision of various planes, magical forces. The existence is a puzzle, and it motivates our shrouded in mystery. Nevertheless, it has taken on the role of a guardian against Eldrazi threats, emerging from the chaotic interstices of the multiverse whenever these cosmic horrors threaten to consume the entire world. Now, Quixus has a little pet, and its name is Zaphar, the phantasmal familiar. Description. Zaphir is a haunting ethereal creature that defies the senses. It appears as a swirling, amorphous mass of transluted mist with a core of shifting eldritch energy. It has no distinct physical form, but its presence is accompanied by a dissonant, eerie, whispering sound that sends shivers down the spine of anyone nearby. Abilities. Mistwalker. Zephyr can phase in and out of the material plane at will, making it intangible and nearly impossible to grasp or harm. It can move through solid objects, appearing and disappearing like a ghostly specter. Fearful Whispers. Zephyr emits a constant, disconnected whisper that fills the minds of those who hear it in dread and paranoia. These eerie sounds instill fear and confusion in those who attempt to confront it or its master. However, this ability does not work on Eldrazi. 
And it only has two abilities because, again, it is a familiar and a pet, so it can't really do much. Its background is it is a companion to Quixus, believed to have been created from the remnants of shattered dimensions and the echoes of forgotten planes. Its origins are a mystery and its motives are inscrutable. Despite its unsettling nature, Sapphire has an unbreakable bond with Quixus and serves as both protector and confidant to the paradoxical mimic. And last but not least, a weapon of mass destruction called the Paradox Blade. The Paradox Blade is one of a kind weapon that mirrors Quixus' nature as a living paradox. It appears as a long, slender, and twisted blade forged from an un otherworldly, ever-shifting material. The blade surface is a disoriented pattern of colors, excuse me, and shapes that seem to defy logic. When wielded, it emits a faint, eerie hum that resonates with the chaotic energies of the multiverse. Abilities. Reality Disruptor. The Paradox Blade has a unique ability to temporarily disrupt the laws of reality. Upon striking a target, this can cause a wide range of unpredictable effects, from distorting time to altering the fundamental properties of matter. Paradox Infusion. When in the hands of Quixus, the blade becomes an extension of its paradox in nature. It can absorb and store the abilities and characteristics of creatures or entities it strikes, allowing Quixus to utilize this ability at will. And Temporal Echo. The blade leaves behind a lingering phantom image of itself after each strike. These echoes can confuse and disorient foes, making it difficult for them to anticipate Quixus's next movements. This ability is in replacement of physical harm. It is instead a more psychological harm. Background, the paradoxical blade is believed to be a relic born from the same paradox forces that brought Quixus into existence. It is a weapon of uncertainty and chaos, a reflection of ever-changing nature of the multiverse. The blade has drawn the Quixus' unique essence, and it has become an integral part of the paradoxical mimic arsenal. So, there are the few things. There are the creatures. So, getting into it are a few more things to note. Uh, there's a few creatures that I could read, but they're really not useful for you guys to know. So, getting into the story. In a plane consumed by the Eldritch Horrors of Eldrazi, a diverse group of unlikely heroes must band together to resist the cosmic threat. They are led by Quixus, a paradoxical mimic with the power to mimic the abilities of their adversaries. Alongside their eerie and enigmatic pet, Zephyr, the phantasmal familiar, and guided by Umbris Voidsbane, they seek to uncover the secrets of newfound weapon, the Paradox Blade. Together with an army of dreadborn legionnaires, they aim to confront Omotar, the Eldrazi Primogniter, the godlike being responsible for the plane's devastation. Their journey is fraught with cosmic challenges, and they must harness their unique abilities and courage to combat the ultimate cosmic terror and save their plane from annihilation. And... The end of the story is that there is no end of the story, so happy Halloween, because that is the whole entire horror. Which is why I can guarantee that the stories were different, because the horror aspect of my story is that you guys don't know the story. You jerk. So now you guys are left quivering in your seats. You explain, you explain 15 minutes worth of 
context, planes, backgrounds, creatures, and then say, sorry, I forgot to finish my story. Oh, I didn't forget. I just didn't. <laughs> I hey, know. That was on purpose. But... <clears throat> but, but aren't you upset now? Yes, I'm upset. Okay. So, I don't have the time to finish this story. I was going to actually write out a whole story, but with how detailed the characters were, I couldn't. So I was like, I'm well, what's scarier? What's, what's scarier than not having a story after building it up with all these great characters so what i'm going to do is leave it into the hand of the listeners if you guys want to finish it please send it to me i will read it in the whole entire story you can use the things you can add things but what we're going to do is in our show notes hopefully if not i will find a place to upload the file is we will put these stories in like a file or description of these so you guys can read it for your guys' selves because I also didn't cover all the like miniature creatures that I had so there's a lot of things <laughs> I didn't cover just because I didn't finish the plot I had like 25 more creatures with all unique so, abilities and styles geez. but again two. that's also that's also what we had for the time that we did so I hope you guys enjoyed these stories if you guys liked it uh, please share it and I they will be better next time, but again, with time, and this is also unique. So if you guys don't like it, then don't like it. Like, <laughs> tell us that, because then we don't have to waste time doing it. Because we ultimately want what you guys like. So, if you guys do really enjoy it, though, and you're upset that we didn't get to do it to a full extent, let us know, because we will, in our Christmas one, we will start it way beforehand. So we will also have way better stories, and it will be longer this one just happened to be the way it is but i also did hope because we did put in a lot of effort it's just that our a lot of effort didn't turn into a lot of time so it's a lot of effort and not all the time that we needed to finish the effort out of 10 i'm gonna give not your story your context i'm gonna give it nine out of ten um it was just a lot for me and so that's why i'm taking one off but 10 out of 10 because you went so in depth um and story, I give a negative 10 out of 10, because there was nothing. I gave a plot, so... That, a plot. Yeah, I guess, no story. I guess that... Yeah, well, that's Well, I actually wasn't going to do a plot either. I was just going to have the story to be like, okay, here's the thing. But I was like, well, no, I need to at least make them think there's a story. And then two, for the listeners, I'm not trying to be a butthead by doing this. It's just that I genuinely <laughs> ran out of time. And the other thing too is I also want you guys to have the ability to finish it or at least now you guys can think of it. So now in your head you're like, oh, it could be this, it could be that. Okay. So I did leave a plot. So if you guys need a, if you guys want to finish the story, there is a plot you guys can follow. Obviously there's all the characters and descriptions. But anyways, this is the end of our Commander Lander Halloween episode special. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, let us know in any way possible. If you guys don't say anything, nobody says a single thing. We're just going to assume you guys liked it. <laughs> But please say something <laughs> so that way we know. It's not hard to email us. Because if you if, don't like it, we're not going to do it. Yeah, or and the we majority. Won't know. Yeah, we won't know. Or we'll do it differently. And I do want to be yeah. clear. We, we, we're going to actually have giant long stories. But because of the time, as I said, we didn't get to finish it. So like next Halloween, we will have an hour of stories. And the other thing too is we Perfect. might be bringing on a third co-host. But finally. I'm just, I'm, yeah, Frey doesn't even know who it is. So... I don't. don't. He will find out in a in about a minute. So, and if you guys are wondering oh. why there's that clip, that's just because our Zoom meeting closed because I don't have Pro because we still aren't monetized. <laughs>
but i hope you guys did genuinely enjoy this uh if you guys didn't again tell us because i will be i you you're wasting our time as content creators if we put out something you guys don't like that's you're wasting our time and you're also wasting your own because you guys won't listen to it so out of the benefit of yourselves please just let us know if you liked it or not it's not that hard it really is and if you didn't like it that allows us to have more time for something else yeah which it's genuinely it's good if you respond because yeah because we're not gonna give up on content yeah we're not gonna give up because you guys don't like it we're just gonna make it in a way that's better not that we're gonna cater to everybody but if the majority likes it we'll keep doing it yeah yeah but anyways so again there will be another don't forget fridays are our new release date if you're wondering why that's because i've edited and it's actually going well i actually have time to edit so uh thank you guys for (laughs) going with that move and thank you for our new listeners and followers thank you so much for listening to this i'm your host owen and currently storyteller and i'm your co-host brady the pro beginner i was just gonna say it and yeah we will see you guys on another episode of commando and remember stay legendary and goodbye no not goodbye yes goodbye we'll see you next week yeah next week Stay legendary. Bye. Bye. Darn it.